Hey, what's up all you fishing addicts out there? Welcome to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. And today, I'm super excited to do this one because we got one good buddy in town, Oliver Nye. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, dude. Have, how many, have you ever done very many podcasts? Um, just a handful. Just a handful? Yep. Where uh, where was the last place that you did a podcast? Were you because I know you travel like all the freaking time. It was in Florida. In Florida, sweet. Yep. Well, tonight we got Mike Kaplan, Oliver, and I. We're going to be talking a little bit just about Oliver's venture and just kind of interviewing him a little bit in a sense to kind of just have him tell you guys like how he got started, why he's doing what he's doing, and all that jazz. But before we do, we got to say thank you to all you addicts out there for coming to our bashes. We finally ended our. Fifth one, we just did the fifth. Five. Five, dude. Five of those things. We did Vancouver, Portland, Longview, Puyallup, and Fife. Yep. Five freaking locations. You got to come to the last one. I did, man. It was cool. Yeah. They're usually a lot of fun. A lot of you guys show up, and we appreciate you guys coming out. So if you've never been to an Addicted Bash, next time we post about them, come show up because they're a lot of fun. They're a ton of fun. So what else? Do we have any other updates? I can't remember. Addicted Life. We launched from Addicted Life. So all you people on YouTube, make sure you're putting those bell notifications on because you're not seeing all these Addicted Lives. I don't think that they're coming out every single Sunday we're putting out an episode. So make sure you got that bell notification on. And I think that's it, dude. I think that's all we need to talk about addicts-wise. I think we're going to leave the whole floor to you. So Oh, man. So to get it started, dude, like, I just want to know, like, when did you start fishing? And why did you start fishing? Okay. Well, this story's been told a couple times. So mm-hmm. if anybody's familiar with my story, you might have heard this before. But I started at the ripe old age of 10. And it was kind of a just an anomaly of how I got started in this crazy world that is fishing. And really, I was just a bored kid uh, on a family outing at a local lake, local park. And just really had nothing to do that day. And was walking around the shoreline, catching little frogs in the reeds. And yeah. and just, just being a 10-year-old. And I came across uh, some old fishing line that was just all tangled up and left, you know, it was trash. Pretty much trash on the side of, of the lake. And in that tangled mess was a couple of those old snelled hooks. And I entangled, I don't know, maybe two feet of it. Mm-hmm. And tied it to the end of a stick I found and flipped over some rocks in a creek and uh, walked my little happy 10-year-old self to the fishing pier where I saw people fishing. uh, Impaled an earthworm on that rusty hook and dropped over the side just because I was that bored. That's freaking cool, though. never even gone fishing. Nobody in my family fish. Um, Yeah, so that was my intro to fishing. And Did you catch anything? I sat there for about five or ten minutes on that dock, drowning that worm and just kind of daydreaming and just dunk, dunk, dunk. And, you know, just out of pure reaction, instinct, what what have you, I, I, I went to set the hook, didn't know what that was at the time. That's and that hilarious. old busted line just popped on me. Oh! But it was in that, that moment that just snowballed into... This whole lifestyle. That's so freaking cool. That's, nuts. that's awesome. Yeah, that's that, cool. That's a really cool story, dude. And so, what did you do? Then you went to your parents, I'm sure, and you started figuring out, like, okay, I got to get some fishing poles, or how'd you like? Oh, a thousand percent. So obviously, I was super pumped on that. I was like, man, I almost caught a fish. Like that was cool. Yeah. 
So I wanted to catch one. And I told my mom um, that whole week, because mind you, I was, I was kind of a, a really big book nerd. Mm-hmm. I still kind of, I still am. And spent every afternoon after school at the time at the public library. What do you think I researched every day that week? Fishing. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And That's it's interesting cool. because a lot of what was in that public library, and I actually just spent some time in a public library in Coeur d'Alene uh, when I was up there for Carl Jockinson's wedding, is a lot of fly fishing, a lot of salmon, steelhead fishing. So a lot of what I ingested early on was actually from the Pacific Northwest. Really? Really? Absolutely. That's freaking cool. So um, it's cool to be able to come up to this region and kind of bring it full circle. Yeah. And see fish that I only read about. Yeah. It's been tough. It's been a it's been a tough few days. We've been getting just <laughs> hammered with the weather. And it, all you salmon and steelhead anglers, you know how it goes. Like it's week to week out here. Like it can be fire one week and then just trash the next. Yeah. And a lot of that's conditions. Yeah, even day by day. Yeah. You know what's funny is everybody that isn't from here probably assume that these salmon just jump in the boat. Yeah. <laughs> which I've had happen. Watch. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, but that was on Lake Michigan. Those are dumb Pacific or dumb Chinook. That's a whole, that's a really good video. So yeah, we'll make sure we drop a link in the description but, down so you guys can check that out. Yeah. Uh, just like you guys said, timing is a huge factor, right? Um, location's a huge factor. And the time on the water, really. Yeah. Because even yeah. when we were around fish on day one when we shot that Addicted Life episode with with Jordan. I mean, Jordan is literally making the first cast as he's making the intro and bobber down. Gets one. And I'm just like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. And sure enough, like, over oh, 12 later. Over oh, 12, <laughs> damn. I'm still struggling to make the adjustments on the timing and the mechanics because this is new to me. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm fishing a little bit different setups. Uh, uh, it's just it's a whole new world so you can't you can't skip that time on the water and that experience and then learning through failure yeah that's a hundred percent fact and that's what's cool about i mean i think that all of us have anglers like we've just evolved and that's how we've gotten to be great anglers is through all that trial and error and freaking hard times on the water mm-hmm. yeah it's freaking amazing so now going into like so when did it turn into like where it's gone now like when did you did you start your brand big bash dreams before or did you have like your own entity like how did that all work where you like started like saying okay i'm gonna be i'm gonna fish for a living you see that was never a reality that's not a real thing Mm -hmm. from our generation yeah right growing up like there were no high school tournaments there were no college scholarships there weren't all these different um opportunities that exist now there was no social media Mm-mm. none of that you're either like an outdoor writer journalist fishing guide or you fish professionally as a tournament angler yep so none of that made any sense in my life growing up up until pretty much the onset of social media and the gopro camera because now i was able to capture the crazy stuff that i was living and experiencing and trying to tell my friends about and if i were to tell you guys some of the things i was experiencing early on you guys would probably be like my boys and just call bs like yeah "Yeah, right whatever (laughs) but little did they know that put a chip on my shoulder to be like 
you guys serious like why would i lie about yeah yeah giant bass trying to eat my freaking lure that's this big yeah so that's kind of how that started so i was starting to document my experiences and really just and where were you putting them so what was your was it instagram or just nowhere you're just initially it was just for myself okay what i really realized early on is i was watching myself through all those mistakes and failures and learning from them. And I can say this with like utmost confidence. I doubt there's anybody on this planet that's watched themselves fish and fail more than me. That's cool to say. But dude, there, there's a lot to be learned from your failures and what you think. Dude, 100%. I, yeah. I mean, our videos like that, I literally do that all the time. Like I go back and I'm like, you can see that's right there. That's where I made the mistake. Yeah, because what you might have perceived or, or thought occurred is oftentimes totally different than yep. what actually yeah. occurred. And the, the the ability to go back and actually dissect it and see like, oh, I dropped the rod tip at that moment. Well, next time I get that opportunity, I'm going to not do that. Mm -hmm. Or my rod tip's too high or I stopped winding or I wasn't winding fast enough. It, it gives you an opportunity to recognize that failure point and then make an adjustment yeah. and then see it's a scientific process like, yeah no it's that's like, really cool okay once i start making this adjustment i stop losing as many fish yep it's really that simple yeah that's really but if you don't cool. recognize where the failure is happening or even realize that you're not paying attention in the mechanics or not aware of what those mechanics are doing and affecting the the catch rate it's just, uh, you know, it goes over your head. Yeah. It happens too fast. Mm -hmm. And being able to take a step back and seeing what's going on from a different perspective, that was its biggest value for me. Besides showing, like, dude, check this out. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is wild. Yeah. Um, so I stockpiled a, a pretty extensive library of giant bass, like big largemouth bass. And Southern California, especially at that time, was still, like, really, really good for seven to low double digit fish um and those teener fish for obviously around in a lot of different bodies of water mm -hmm. so it was a pretty unique time that's cool so when did you like take it then to like what did you do you start an instagram what what did you do to take it to like that next level well i started showing all this stuff to pretty much my inner circle and at the time there had been a couple of big bait big fish videos that had been done uh but it had been a, a, a bit of a gap like no one had done anything for a couple years at that point maybe even longer so my boys were like man you gotta put together this dvd because this is when dvds are still a thing and people are buying and selling dvds mm -hmm. and i was like oh man because i've been in and out of the fishing industry mostly on the retail side on the sales force side uh most of my adult life so i kind of understood like man if i go in on this like i gotta go all in because you know as a angler and i see it up here and i really see it in pretty much every little subculture of fishing that i encounter and engage with is the guys that are good work really really hard to get that good put a lot of time on the water uh, invest countless uh time like i said but money they put their jobs at risk their relationships <laughs> at risk their friendships at risk so 
when you learn something, when you realize like, oh man, that bait with those hooks on this line is the deal for this scenario, you don't want to share that. Mm -hmm. Like, why, sh why should you be um, benefiting from my hard work and my sacrifice and my investment? That's a very common attitude amongst some of the best anglers. So I knew I was like, man, people are going to be following me, fishing with my, my areas, the lakes I'm fishing, and, and really more than them catching my fish, it was just the added pressure that would bring, that would make catching a very hard-to-catch fish even harder. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, do I want to do that to myself? It's like, if I'm going to do this, I got to go all in. I got to be more willing to like open up. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you guys have seen the first DVD we did, Big Best Dreams, Volume 1, I felt like I was giving up way too much info and insight just by showing you what I was doing. Not even walking you through step-by-step, -step, giving tutorials like you guys are amazing at. Uh, but I kind of looked at it as if I were dissecting that. And it it was a little bit of a selfish perspective, mm -hmm. which I think is kind of common. But since then, I've seen value and, and really enjoyed sharing with others those special moments. But more than anything else, now it's helping them live those moments that they dream of. Yeah. Because who doesn't enjoy catching a big fish? And that's what it is for me with Addicted. That's what it's always been is just the enjoyment of teaching and passing that on because i want to see people get just as excited as me yeah, and fine. you know and and usually there's enough fish for everyone you know that that's kind of the perspective that i've always had on it is you know and you know every angler out there and ourselves included even though we teach a lot there's still a lot of stuff that we leave in our bags that doesn't get taught and a lot of things that you know a lot there's a lot. There's some stuff sitting in that corner. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you so guys it's ain't like, gonna get to see. And that, and every angler should have that. Honestly, every yeah. angler should have that. That's your, you know, that's your little advantage that you have, and to help you get out there and catch fish. So yeah, uh, going back to that, like threshold. All right, am I gonna do this or am I not? And I decided to do it. Obviously. So how to change my mindset? Be a little bit more open. Uh, engage with the public. And at the time, this is like the early years of instagram and like it literally just became available on like a non-apple phone i think i was running like an evo some kind of um uh what's it called android mm -hmm. phone right so this is literally very early in the instagram game facebook had been established for a while and i was i was fortunate in that i was documenting everything that i was doing especially these big fish catches right and doing it had a volume that nobody else was because I also was on this insane run. And that's where the name Big Bass Dreams came from. It's like, man, how do I describe this seven-week period where I catch 17 largemouth, 10 pounds even, or bigger? And that's not counting the sevens and eights and nines I was almost shaking off because they were the small ones in the schools. <laughs> That's crazy. Like it was wild. I <laughs> well, that's that's kind of what captivated the audience, right? People are like, "Whoa, what is this?" Like, I'm like, man, I'm just living the dream right now. Like, this is 
this stretch is something I didn't even dream was possible throughout my entire fishing career. You know, how do you go from drowning an earthworm on a stick? Yeah, that's insane. To dude. just boat flipping 10s and 11s and looking at them in disgust because they're not keeners. That's yeah. crazy. Well, and here's the missing part. And this is why what we do is fun is we get to share with the audience everything in between. Yeah. And that, that, that character arc, right? That growth arc as anglers. And with that, it's actually a lot of opportunity for us to grow as people. Yeah, absolutely. Fishing, I think, has 100% shaped me as a person. 100%. So what's your biggest bass? Uh, Still stuck at 17 pounds, 7 ounces. Oh, stuck. It looks (laughs) like it's, like, small. (laughs) There's bigger ones out there. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not in the the density that there was, uh, I think. Why? Why is that? Well, fisheries cycle. Right, they go through cycles. I don't know what the cycles are like in the salmon steelhead fisheries here, but in a largemouth state, I think their lifespans from like eleven to sixteen years, depending on um, where you are in the country, what fishery, this, that, and a third. So you have different generations of fish, lake conditions changing, so fisheries cycle up and down, mm-hmm. and especially uh, you'll see like a boom early on in the lifespan of of a new lake or reservoir. Nutrient densities are high. You've got potentially first generation um, F1 hybrids, and that's a largemouth northern strain bass. And those guys have the highest potential of growing like super big. And then once each subsequent generation that that, that spawns, like that potential drops, potential drops. <laughs> so I mean that's just a very basic yeah. breakdown of the science behind it, but. I mean, the science is, is a big part of, of fisheries, man. Of trying to find them and stuff? Or just everything, piecing the entire puzzle. I would so, never think of it like that. It's crazy. It's, uh, and I'm sure we have stuff like that that we're thinking of in the salmon and steelhead world as well. In fact, I know we are because we're, I mean, we're studying those fisheries like you wouldn't believe. I mean, hatchery plants and, I mean, return years. And, I mean, you got to know. For sure. And it's not even, you got to know rivers and different species. I mean, yeah, it does. And when you're involved in it, you have to just jump in. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. This is getting deep enough to warrant, like, a two-ounce twitching jig. Yeah, right. Right. (laughs) Was was bass your first, like, target species? Like, growing up and reading. Oh, man, it's bluegill. Oh, there you go. Bluegill and red ear sunfish. I think right. that was like there's, everyone's. Mine was no, catfish. No, see, actually, the first fish I ever caught was a brown bullhead. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mine was catfish with my dad. There's levels to fishing, and I think that's kind of what's missing in the younger generation of anglers <clears throat> today. A lot of them try to skip all that because it's not cool. Yeah, they go straight to bass. All right, but they're doing this as a disservice, in my opinion, because they don't get to learn from. That's right. The fundamentals. The fundamentals of fishing is something I think is greatly ignored. And and it shows. It's just like any other sport. We were just watching some basketball, right? These guys are traveling left and right. No, I know. What happened to the fundamentals of the game? Put the ball down on the floor before you pick up your freaking back Mm -hmm. foot. It's not that hard. But, I mean, those guys are suffering from the generation of stuff they're watching. Yep. Right? Yeah. And I think that's kind of happening in fishing. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that as well. 
for sure. That's why I always try to like my daughter. I always take her out to do this, catch little bluegill and stuff like that. Because I well, it's important number one because you're gonna get high engagement. Like, we were talking about this on the water. Like we need some like high population, just high higher opportunity of engagement with the fish, and that's what panfish yeah. represent. Yeah. How do you learn to detect bites when you don't feel that boom? When you're watching that line swim upstream or against the wind current, where your bobber doesn't quite go down, but it's definitely not just sitting there. Yeah. Right? You're going to get that much more engagement and that many more opportunities to recognize the bite. So, like, oh my goodness, I, I recognize bites on the 10 inch soft baits that you never feel that. And it's from bluegill fishing and red ear fishing and crappie fishing where I'm like, okay, there's something not right here. Mm-hmm. Wind down. <laughs> Pop! 11 pounder. Yeah. But guys, you know, I'm sure there are other times when I haven't recognized a bite, but I'm, I know it's a lot fewer from guys that like skip the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to know those. You absolutely have to know those. So now, do you still. Are you still like out every year trying to chase giants? Uh, I'm always trying to chase giant something. And that's what I'm wondering. Like, do you still go after largemouth every year, big ones? Uh, I do, but as I've gotten deeper into this and my experience has grown, I've learned to recognize what my windows of opportunity are. Is I've gone through the five, six, seven year grind straight of like just targeting a giant largemouth. Smallest bait I fish is like an eight inch bait. Like I've I've done that during a period that compared to what is going on now it seems like the golden age. And even then, like that it was that era wasn't as good as the era before. So recognizing that there's an opportunity to go experience other epic fisheries and other epic experiences, uh, I don't dedicate all my time yeah. towards chasing trophy large round. trophy smallmouth popped on my radar the last three years we've done really well yeah i've seen I some mean, giants and this summer trophy muskies i've seen some giants if you guys want to check out these giants that he's catching instagram right big bass dreams is where you post a lot of your stuff yeah where else? Well, we post stuff on uh multiple platforms and you know i i am not big bass dreams yeah yeah, it's I, just it's right. your part I found of the brand. It, big bass dreams. Yeah. It's kind of like addicted, right? Addicted is the whole community. Here, yep. Right. Addicted is started by you. You are a big part of addicted, the same way I'm a big part of big bass dreams. Yeah. But it's not the same thing. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm an angler of my, on my own, and so are you. So you can actually follow what I do through my pages, and that's at Oliver Nye on Instagram or the public Facebook page. Cool. Uh, and we'll drop links down below as well so you guys can check it out and uh we've been pumping out all kinds of stuff on the youtube platform and uh, more more contrib more contributions are coming from other anglers and creators yeah the youtube there's some dope stuff you guys gotta check it out so and we're collaborating (laughs) out here as well so if we're gonna be on his channel so that means you need to check it out anyway that's right so what's been your favorite fish Outside of bass so far that you've gone and chased? Man, I've got to do some pretty wild things in the last couple of years. Uh, this year, for instance, we went 
down to um, Australia in May and chased one of the largest freshwater fish in the world. It's called a Murray cod. So you take a fish that's shaped like a bass. Imagine if it grew to six feet long and 250 pounds. Oh, my God. And lives only in freshwater. That's unbelievable. Down under. And I went down there with trophy bass fishing tactics, mindset, philosophy, tools, bait rods, et cetera, et cetera. Applied it my own way. Um, and we, <laughs> we were working on that video project literally right now. I'm, we were supposed to get a first draft for Marlon and I to, to geek out on tonight. But my man's uh, slacking a little bit. So we're going to see that hopefully <laughs> tomorrow night when he uploads Come it. on, dude. But it is some of the most epic footage um i've ever been a part of capturing uh, but at the same time you know you put me uh, on a school of 13 to 15 inch crappie and i don't know if you get a bigger smile out of me Seven fishing is dope man and it doesn't really matter what it is no i'm the same exact same yeah way. i think except maybe fly fishing i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i've done it twice it's fun i mean yeah. i've done it as well it just doesn't I don't know. I just don't have near the fun I do when I'm holding a spinning rod. I can see. Or a bait caster. I can appreciate the technical elements of fly fishing and the purity, right? And making something as absolutely difficult as possible sometimes <laughs> is what it seems like. Yeah. Because it's definitely not the most efficient way to catch a fish. Most scenarios, sometimes it is. But I think... I would enjoy the extreme challenge that some of the fly fishing world offers. Yeah. Other than that, I'd, right now I just want to catch a fish. Yeah. And I want to catch a big one. And a fly rod's probably not my best weapon. Yeah. You, what about Kubera snapper? I saw you catch <laughs> those freaking things. See, like, what's cool is we get to capture these experiences and share them with people like you. Like, yeah. Did you even know what a no, snapper was? No, I had no was? clue. No oh idea. Oh my goodness. I still like, don't. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, it's, a, it's an inshore game fish found uh, both on the Pacific and Atlantic coasts from Florida and like Cabo San Lucas down, like through uh, northern South America. So like the whole tropical zone. Mm -hmm. It's a, a, one of 300 plus species of snapper in the world. I think they're one of the bigger ones, like top two or three in size potential. They get over 100 pounds, but they're, they're called dogtooth or Kubera snappers. And I went down to Costa Rica on the Pacific side, and we targeted these fish casting surface spades. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it would go from like just calm ocean fishing over top of a reef, and all of a sudden you see a wolf pack of like, these big bright red angry things Jeez, mixed man. in with rooster fish like and you see the videos they're they're up on our channel like and i'm just frantically like working this big top water trying to trigger a predatory response and a rooster misses it and the freaking snapper misses it and then another snapper oh, gets dude. it and yeah so it was incredible it was great man. It, it put it instantly on my like i was like yep put that one down yeah. i gotta do that yeah and how guys aren't fishing that style for them like all the time and the local guys are incredible fishermen obviously right but they're popper fishermen mm -hmm. or like live bait 
slow trolling. Um, they're kind of they're showing those fish the same thing over and over. So what I really enjoy is going into a new area and showing those fish a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what can happen when you show fish something they haven't seen before that they've been conditioned to. Like watching those guys work a top water popper, I'm like, damn, these guys are savage. Like, dude, they literally throw that popper on those fish every day. And I threw something totally different. And they're just like, what is that thing? <laughs> I had to leave like three of them from. No, they were like, they hook were me like, up with some of those. They're like, you're not going home with those. And I'm like, all right, that's cool. Fair Didn't enough. you also wreck a four wheeler while you were there? Uh, anyway, ne- uh, next question. <laughs> so, in your travels, what's your biggest fish? Uh, thus far, freshwater? And just, and 121 centimeter Murray cod. So, a fish of a lifetime for most people down under that have been fishing cod their whole lives is 100 centimeters. Oh, wow. So, that's a meter. A meter, I think, is like 40 inches. All right. So, it's a little bit over a yard. And a 40-inch fish is big. And I, I got a 47.638-inch cod. like, And its head was literally this big. Dude, yeah. And probably 60, 70 pounds. Like, they eat cormorants. They yeah. eat cormorants. And full-grown ducks. So, topwater birds, were you using any? Stay tuned. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a special fish. And it, I mean, my biggest fish was uh, some of the bluefin stuff that popped up in our backyard down home in San, you know, in, in Southern California yeah. over the last few years. We've been catching some really big bluefin tuna, Southern Pacific bluefin tuna. Yeah, you got one of those on top water. Oh, we got a few. Yeah, we got a whole series, big bluefin dreams or big tuna dreams. Dude, that's why, to me, it's the best. Yeah. There's Anything n- top water, I'm in. Yeah. I was telling you, we can get coho in Alaska on top water. It's freaking. I think that's why dude. I had trouble throwing some of those bigger baits. Like, I was trying to get into throwing swim bait, mm-hmm. and it's just frog. Throwing a frog. Like... So, yeah, tell me more <laughs> about like your guys' involvement in bass fishing because obviously, coming up here and seeing it firsthand, it's definitely salmon, steelhead dominant. Yeah. And you guys have incredible bass fishing up here. I know this because we got supporters of big bass streams up in this part of the country and dude they're kicking out big smallies big large mouth mm-hmm. on traditional techniques and the big bait you guys get trout kokanee uh smolts and all of these bodies of water if you mix those with black bass they're gonna get big yeah exactly and you, there's some giants in some of these lakes people would be surprised like I gotta show you the picture of that big one over there. I seen. I took a picture of it. Yeah, <laughs> that that was a giant. That and there's some big, big fish. And so I kind of am the same way. I got started like really small, like catching catfish, bluegill, you know, perch. We used to troll for perch was one of my favorite things to do. Troll for perch. Yep. In Lacamas Lake. Well, the, and that's the story that I'm going to tell you that transferred me into bass. Okay. So, and dude, this was insane. I'm fishing with my dad, and I was like probably, I bet I was nine eight or nine years old and we we're in a little like a r- robo a little aluminum freaking robo which we used to troll for perch he would roll around and we'd have this little rapala and that thing would you know and the perch would just crush it they just eat eat that thing so we'd They're go troll for buggers. yeah so we hook one of these perch and we get it to the boat and it's like sitting there on the side of the boat like splashing around you know and my dad's like oh get in the boat get it. dude and this bass comes out of freaking nowhere 
eats the whole perch and my bait and literally rips the rod into the water, gone. Come on. <laughs> Promise, dude. Promise. Swear to my life. And so... Where's the GoPro footage? Uh, yeah, exactly. And so, like, the whole time... I just remember when I was a kid, like, telling my dad, like, I want to... Like, how do we catch those? Like, yeah, every time... Catch that? How do we catch that? Every time. So I would bug him and bug him. And then, you know, unfortunately, I had some circumstances that kind of took me away from family and that kind of stuff. But bass always stuck with me. Okay. So, so then when I got older, I started chasing bass. I started trying to find them in ponds, started trying to chase them. And then that got boring. It got to the point where I was like, "These, I'm just not into it." So then I started trying to find big ones. Yep. And that's where it got really fun to me, and that's where I started doing some of the the same stuff like you're talking about, trying to figure out like how these bass out here use the tides because mm-hmm. our water's so tidal affected out here. And that's when you can start figuring out some big, big bass out here. Yeah. What I really enjoy about bass fishing is it's an ever changing puzzle. Mm-hmm. And we walk into a tackle store. The bass fishing puzzle is almost infinite. The amount of lure options, colors, sizes, etc., etc. It, it's endless. There's there's a giant industry built yep, around it. Absolutely, and, and that is unique in the fishing world. Like even what we've been doing up here, it's been a pretty hard to piece puzzle. But sometimes the bass fishing is like. 10 or 100 fold of that, I feel, especially once you get to the trophy fish. Oh, yeah. Because this is a catch and release fishery, right? It's, it's like the difference between the saltwater fishery at home, because traditionally most of our fish saltwater is a catch and keep culture. Yeah. Those fish get to make a mistake once, <laughs> right? Yeah. Our fish get to make multiple mistakes and they learn from each one. And I think that's what's different about the bass fishing, but that's also what keeps the challenge because mm-hmm. those fish are getting a chance to learn and evolve and adapt. The dumb ones get plucked off. They get kept. They die from stress. They die from whatever reasons. Birds, predators. Yeah. Um, so that's what makes the bass fishing as popular as it is, I think, is because once you think you've figured something else or figured out, like something else changed, and now you're back at square one. Yep. Because it is amazing what one small factor can do, whether it's like a bait size or color change mm-hmm. or even like a rhythm and cadence variation in your retrieve. It is wild how an entire population of fish or a population of fish all react to the same variable. I'm sure you guys see it in the steelhead salmon stuff too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You get on a hot color, right? There's certain heart, colors, certain scents. A rhythm on that on that yep. snap with the twitch. Yep. A certain rhythm on twitch. And yep, you're gonna find find all that thing in the salmon and seal world just the same way. Yeah. So what's uh what's next, dude? Like what's what's your goals, what's your ambitions, what are you planning on doing with this uh with this whole thing called fishing that we love? You know, I think we're we are in a unique place uh in our lives and in this ever-changing fishing industry now to where my goals are different than when we first started Big Bath Dreams. And now we have an opportunity to positively influence the fishing culture because there is a culture built around what we all love to do. Absolutely. And there's subcultures within the overall culture. And really teaching people that 
there is benefit in bringing that community together because whether we realize it or not, every fishery is suffering from some kind of threat. Oh, absolutely. To that lifestyle, right? And watching the bickering amongst people uh, is pretty frustrating and really showing that the generation coming up underneath us finds value in the some of the cultural elements that the generation ahead of us instilled in us because mm-hmm. like the last thing i want to see is like the mumble rap of fishing no <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, we definitely don't want, we definitely don't want, that's, you know, that's one thing I really try to focus on with our YouTube channel is I really try to, I really try to set it into, into a direction that I, is real. I, re, yeah. I try to show the real aspect of fishing. I put content on that channel that we may not catch a fish and you're going to see it from our, from our adventures with Oliver out here in the Northwest guys. We are grinding. We I'm are going, bad. we are real going bad. out morning tonight and we're chasing fish and Things just aren't coming together. And we're going to show that because that's what we really like to do is show real life and not not this freaking we candy crush. need to see that things that are difficult to do and achieve are special yeah. because of that. Yeah. And I feel like there's things that are being put out there now that everybody has access to a public platform. Um, that there's a whole, there's a whole audience that is missing the point yeah whatever that point could be yeah all right and so going forward we're trying to show people that fishing is dope enough to where like you don't need to create fake drama you don't need to emphasize just all that lame corny crap that we've been watching like you've been showing me stuff on tiktok the last <laughs> and i'm like bro like oh people find this entertaining like what people Put me, put that person on this couch here so I can grill them. Be like, what do you find entertaining about that? I know, dude. It's hard. My, I think, I think it's a younger demographic of people. Uh, I really believe that, I man. I think that's definitely the majority. But, anyways, I mean, you got good taste in music, in my opinion, right? Because substance matters to you. Yeah. Lyrics matter to you. Yeah. There's, there's a message and a story being told there. And at face value, there are people that hear about this genre of music, take a wild guess of what genre we're talking about here, and they shoot it down automatically without ever giving it a listen. Yep. And like, dude, listen to this dude's story. They put it in He's a box. He's telling it to you I know. with passion, soul, and talent. Like, yeah. you've got to be a genius to be a modern-day poet in some of this hip-hop. And some of these now. guys, dude, some of these guys, the way they tell their stories, and, <laughs> like, dude, I sometimes I'm, like, feeling like I'm, like, immersed in this dude's life. Like, like bro. And I, to the point where I, like, follow everything some of these guys do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is really cool. And I think you hit it right on the, the nail on the head when you said that, because that's what we've done with Addict is tried to build a community. I want to build a strong community that I feel like can help and influence that's right. The future generation because you're influencing people, man. I saw it absolutely. The you're doing. You guys are doing it as a group in a positive way. Like it was dope. Like that little kid. It was his birthday, man. You just like loaded him up, loaded him up, like, saying him happy birthday. Yeah, like the whole crowd started yeah. saying him happy birthday, was man. Birthday in the yeah, time. yeah, yeah. It was wild. Awesome. So continue to do that. Uh, we <laughs> want to continue to contribute positively as well. 
but it's really just capturing all that dope stuff that fishing affords absolutely you know, we had a reality show and these guys in hollywood are trying to like push us to do all this corny crap i'm like bro i'm out like i yeah. love this game too much to do an injustice for the sake of attention it's not even the right kind of attention yeah that's not worth it no nah, man it's not worth it it, nah. it really isn't I, it's, it's, i've said that from the beginning i'll you know i'm only going to use and push things that i love and things that i really care about i mean i can't be bought there's a lot of people that come to me like, hey, check out this lure. I'll pay you X if you promote it. And I'm like, nah, that lure's whack. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, and and I feel like that's how we're always going to be. So, and I feel like that's why all you guys continue to follow and love us. So, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Now, people can see all this dope, new dope content coming out on our YouTube channel, right? Absolutely, man. It's always something uh, new and exciting. Uh, we got a Spain trip coming up for European Pike, trying to scratch that off the bucket list now that I got my first uh, wild Pacific coho mm-hmm. off that list. And then I'm going back to Australia to hammer them even harder with the things that I learned. Badass. So we're going to put a link to Oliver's YouTube channel down below. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, Oliver. Thanks for hanging out with us, buddy. We appreciate it, man. Do not forget, if you're on iTunes, Google Play, all those different platforms, Spotify, please drop a review. Drop that review down below and let people know that you love this podcast. It helps syndicate it out there. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys on the road.